0: Hello everyone, uh, this is Danny Haifong and you are tuned in to episode number three of the Internationalist Transmission. Uh, let me know how I sound and how I look. Uh, all of our guests are waiting to come on. I know that there's always a little bit of a lag with the YouTube, so I'm just going to let that um, come on, but it's it's so good to be with you all tonight. We have an incredible panel of guests. We're going to have a really fun, really um, interesting conversation about the US-led assault on state-affiliated media, something that has affected all of us personally and, of course, has affected all of us, you know, all of us participating in the panel personally, but it has affected all of us around both here and around the world when it comes to themes such as censorship, when it comes to the US's endless war agenda. So, you know, I'm just going to give a brief introduction as to what we are going to be talking about tonight. So over the next hour, we're going to be talking about something that's been going on since the election of Donald Trump in 2016, which is the U.S.-led assault on state-affiliated, so-called state-affiliated media. That's a real derogatory term for media that comes from countries, Russia, China, Iran, And others that the United States doesn't like. And it really is a campaign of censorship that serves what I see as three essential purposes. It serves the purpose of of, uh, reproducing the U.S.'s endless war agenda, uh, you know, in terms of its aggression toward Iran, China, Russia. It also serves uh, the agenda of censorship to... Basically, silence any independent voice, both here and abroad, that challenges that agenda. And then it also, something that's not talked about a lot, it also uh, puts a a real stain on any efforts to defend publicly funded media, because anything that's considered state affiliated means that there's government regulation in that media. And we know here in the United States and in the Western world, uh, we have. private for-profit corporations on social media and these streaming platforms that are going wild with censorship right now. So this started in 2016 with the election of Donald Trump with Russiagate. And what we've seen since then is a, a constant campaign to label journalists and the outlets that they write for as attached to the Russian government, as being puppets of the Chinese government or the Iranian government. Uh, uh, it started with the shady organization prop or not, which was peddled by the Washington post outlets like black agenda report, naked capitalism, and, and all sorts of outlets on the left were labeled as dupes of Russia and suppressed, uh, accordingly. And then over the last few years, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook have all been labeling RT, uh, Sputnik, uh, press TV, Uh, CGTN as state-affiliated media, and then censoring them in the algorithms, shadow-banning Twitter accounts, completely removing Twitter accounts, completely removing social media accounts. Uh, This has been a a real widespread campaign that's a huge issue. But with no further ado, I want to definitely bring on the guests. We have uh, folks that I respect uh, dearly. We're going to have a great conversation about the who, what, where, when, and why of all of this. Uh, and uh, you know, I'll just bring them all in now. What's going on, everyone? How, how are you all?
1: Hello, hi,
0: Danny. Hi. Great to be hey. here. Thanks for having us on. <laughs> Great, yeah. So, we got Richard Medhurst, Lee Jing Jing, we have uh Lee Camp, and so you know, you all have a lot of experience with this problem <laughs> with this campaign of censorship. I myself. You know, uh, had today was just uh, locked out of my Twitter account for uh, <laughs> uh, defending Wyatt, uh, a, Wyatt Reed, a great journalist who's covering Nicaragua and the elections there. And, you know, um, I was removed because I used the same words as our Russiagate fanatic friend, Keith Olbermann, who uh, uh, condemned Wyatt as being a, a lover, a whore for dictators. And, and I was suppressed for that. Uh, but I know all of us have very specific experiences with this campaign of censorship against state affiliate media. And I want to just go around and uh, for you all to give your initial thoughts, impressions and reactions to this, uh, given your personal experience and given just the overall uh, a political climate that we find. So uh, and, and you guys, please introduce yourselves as well. Uh, and we'll start with Li Jingjing and just and just go around.
1: Thank you, Danny. Um... Maybe the reason you let me introduce myself first is because I have the privilege to be, have the label state-affiliated media under my name on Twitter. Maybe I'm the only person mm. that among all of you have this privilege. It's quite funny. So uh, to those of you who are watching this live stream now, my name is Li Jingjing. I'm a Chinese journalist. Um, I got my journalism degree both in China and the UK. I've been working as a journalist in China for eight years now. And this live stream comes at a perfect time because November the 8th is Journalist Day in China and all of us celebrating this festival by writing and pitching more stories and working overnight. So, um, and I'm very happy, very honored to joined by you guys, Richard and Lee Camp. I love your contents, big fan and and also so my like this twitter i would start why i got this label is quite funny because currently i'm working for CGTN the china global television network but i also worked for other media before this and this twitter account i've been using it for 10 years now i started in 2011 it's my personal account and i didn't use it constantly over the past few years but Just a few months ago, when my followers was growing steadily, every hundred, every week, suddenly, Twitter didn't even ask my opinion. So, okay, we're going to give you this label, your state affiliate media, even though I'm just a normal employee working for CGTN. CGTN have employees, thousands of employees across the world, but I'm the one who got it, together with several prominent hosts who have way more decades of experience than me. So it's quite funny. But uh, so ever since I got this label, um, the, the numbers of my followers stopped growing for quite a long time. My engagement, my views all drop significantly. So basically, the label will give an effect to your account. They will reduce the number of people who are seeing your content. And they cannot... and. Uh, I just got a label. I know people who are, who are whose accounts being shut down. I, I know Uyghurs from Xinjiang who are telling our culture, like Uyghur culture, Uyghurs lifestyle, light-hearted content, vlogs on Twitter, and their accounts just got directly shut down without reasons. So that's what they're doing. They probably cannot find any evidence that my I, I violated any regulations of Twitter. So they cannot shut down, but they decide to give me this label. But uh, I'm just the one got a label. But I saw so many people, Chinese or expats living in China, who decided to come out and speak out, speak out the truth, what they're seeing, their real life here. Their accounts being shut down. If their accounts cannot be shut down, they will be labeled, they will be called as CCP trolls. You are paid by Chinese, Chinese government to say positive, good things about China. And uh, that's for normal Chinese were expats. For me, who are, is a journalist working for CGTN, there's a, see, you're a mouthpiece. You don't have your own opinion. Everything you said is not in your life. It's, you are paid to say this. So it's a way to discredit the voices from China. I like, may, maybe I can later deliberate more uh, on this, but uh, maybe this is, for uh, to to self brief introduction about myself. I will leave the time for, for Lee and Richard. I won't take too much time from our <laughs> other <laughs> guests.
0: Well, I want to go to Lee because you know Lee, you um, you know you've done work with RT. Uh, your show Redacted Tonight is very popular, and RT was one of the first victims of this. It was forced to register under FARA, the Foreign Agents uh, <laughs> Registration Act, and I mean Russia Gate was the uh, Sort of the spark for all for this particular form of censorship. So yeah, Lee, uh, what what are your initial reactions? what it you know what are your initial thoughts to all of this?
2: Yeah, uh, there's there's so much to say. I mean, the foreign agent thing is hilarious. That that statute that people have to register as foreign agents is meant for people who are literally lobbyists for other governments, which did not apply to media networks until they decided to do it to RT recently. Uh, that's when they started that, and APAC, which is literally the Israel lobbying arm in Washington, does not register as a foreign agent uh, so I mean that 's laughable but yeah i I came to r t because i can't say the things I want to say on other networks. You cannot really on American media or really almost all channels in American television, very few can you be anti war anti corporate anti wall Street any of that stuff, um, you know, you might see a little of it, but you're not going to see a regular daily or weekly show talking about those kind of issues in that way. And so I ended up at one of the only American networks that would have me, that would allow that kind of discussion. And uh, around 2016, uh, big surprise, they my Facebook was where I had really put a lot of my energy and everything to build up my Facebook so my Facebook page was at 330,000 followers. People who have actively said, I want to hear everything you're posting on your Facebook page. And so immediately in 2016, that started only going down. I was getting 5,000 a week. It started only going down, meaning they were unsubscribing people as fast as they're subscribing. And they stopped showing my posts to most people. I, you know, I used to get tens of thousands of shares on every post. Now, I'm lucky if I get a few hundred. So it's it's kind of a form of shadow banning. You're not deleted. They're not telling you you did anything wrong. They're just not showing your post to people. And I I think we all suffer from that. And then there's the state-affiliated thing, which hasn't been done uh, to my personal page, luckily, but it's been done to all the Redacted Tonight, all the TV show stuff uh, that's out there, the YouTube, the the Twitter. It says state-affiliated, which... And and on YouTube, it says is fully or partially funded by Russia, which is hilarious because all of the media networks in the United States are fully or partially funded by weapons contractors or like, which are basically the U.S. military. I mean, they are the ones really doing state propaganda. And yet yep. we are labeled as state propaganda. So, I mean, that's so Orwellian as well. And then just, you know, I don't want to take up all the time, but it just... The last point I'll make is what you ended up with RT America is a lot of journalists and people and and, and talking heads who had been banned from other networks or other outlets because they were usually anti-war. But, you know, anti-war, anti-corporate. You ended up with Jesse Ventura, who MSNBC had given him a major contract to be one of their main voices. And then the Iraq war kicks off in 2002. They find out he's anti-war. They paid him upwards of $10 million just to go away, just to not be on their network. They paid him just to get out of the contract because they can't have anti-war voices on one of the biggest news networks in America, who's supposedly the left-wing network. Chris Hedges is at RT America, former chief former Pulitzer prize winning journalist at the New York times came out against the Iraq war was forced out after that. And, and the, the list is, you know, there are graveyards filled career graveyards filled with journalists who tried to be anti-war in America and they just get kicked off their networks. Uh, You know, people like Phil Donahue and, and so many others. So that's what you end up with is is RT is one of the few places where I can speak my mind. I've never been told what to say. I've never been told to say anything, not to say anything. And other networks can't say that, you know, they're, they're
3: constantly told what they're allowed to, to speak about.
0: Richard, the floor is yours.
3: Hi, Danny. Thank you so much for for having me on. It's really such a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. It's, it's just, I I really love this topic because there's so much uh, to say here. So just to introduce myself, uh my name is Richard Medhurst. So I'm half English, half British. Um I I actually started in journalism with my my own YouTube channel. So uh and and Twitter actually. I built both of them up and they grew to be quite successful thankfully and um afterwards, you know, I started with Press TV and RT uh recently and also uh right. Uh, i've had the the privilege of writing a bit in black agenda report and also uh in uh, soon in el Mayadin, which is a a very famous lebanese outlet but yeah i mean uh the the uh <laughs> you know when Lee was talking about this mouthpiece uh term that they use I find that so hilarious you know it's it sounds like mike pompeo writing these these <laughs> comments you know it 's incredible and i really i uh, I, I um I couldn't agree more with with what Lee just te- just said. You know, you can't go on other networks um, in the UK or in the US or in most of Western Europe and say these things. You know, it's you'll have some segments once in a while that are anti-war uh, or anti-Israel uh, uh, or anti-Zionism, but it's just it, you know it's once in a blue moon. It's not something you can do regularly, and I I, I don't I don't see uh, too many of the like. Uh, Oh, you're you're a mouthpiece. Uh, comments, you know, like Mike Pompeo typing away. But uh, I I do see them sometimes, and I I, I don't think I, I think even the trolls know that, like you know I I built up my own thing first, and so this idea that I went to press TV and RT and then got paid to change my opinion, which would be right. being a mouthpiece, is ridiculous. You know, you can go back uh, at my YouTube, my own thing. Uh, no one is pulling any puppet strings there, I can assure you. <laughs> and I'm saying the same things that I say everywhere. So, so I just view it as having been given a bigger platform, so my message uh, and the message of, of millions uh, across the world, you know, in the global south, can be 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 further um, disseminated. And I think that's a very important thing. And of course, you know, this is a. Uh, at the end of the day, these, these are just ad hominem attacks. You know, it's a personal attack. It's like you're a mouthpiece. Uh, you know, you're you're. you're um, uh uh you're controlled by iran or russia whatever it's 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 a personal attack because they have nothing of of substance of value to respond to the arguments being made they have nothing at all you know and and the idea is that you're in integ- you have no integrity because a journalist you know is supposed to uh have a duty to the truth right and if if you're peddling propaganda then that that's not necessarily the truth is it and so their idea is that you're, you're someone who's dishonest. You're, you're, you know, you're paid to say what you're saying. And this is categorically untrue. You know, I think all of us, we have our own independent uh, platforms. Uh, and if you go and look at what we say on those, it's the same thing that we say elsewhere. So it's yeah. just really a question of being given. Yeah, it's just a, it's a question of being given a megaphone. And that's that's yeah. really a tool that should be embraced. And uh, and uh, I, th- I just think it's hilarious because... Uh, they talk about free press uh, in, in the West and all these like, you know, lovely standards they have. Man, I, I, I wouldn't last five minutes at Sky News or BBC. You know, yeah. you just can't criticize Israel. You know, they, 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 they won't even cover the Assange thing. I could, I could never in a lifetime have covered the Assange trial like I did at BBC or something like that. It's just no way. Um, I could never say the things about Palestine that I say over there. It, it just doesn't work. And uh, of course then I've, there are many other topics, but yeah, you you get the gist of it and I mean in terms of what they've uh, they've done to me, well <laughs> um, They demonetized my YouTube channel, which was very nice for no reason. Uh, and this was when I was talking about the normalization with with, uh, oh excuse me, um, just before the the normalization, it was these uh, settlements they wanted to build in the West Bank, uh, the additional ones um, and uh, other things, I mean uh they this is the best one, right? They just literally took down the entire press TV website. Like they didn't yes. knock it off the air. They took the domain. Like if you go domain. to Press Tv.com, right. it, it's gone. I, I sometimes type in something, I'm looking up something on Press TV and I and I click on the first result on Google because I'm used to it, and it directs me to, to the to the URL, which is Press TV.com, and it says this domain has been seized. You know, the Biden administration literally used national emergency laws to, to take. Press TV and 30 other outlets down. They call it, you know, unusual and extraordinary threat. I mean, I wear that as a badge of honor. Thank you very much.
0: (laughs) Seriously, it's it's crazy. Well, that's what, the you know, the Lakeland Ford would always tell me that, uh, you know, we wear this Russia label, you know, this Russian dupe label as a badge of honor because it means that you are saying something that does in fact get under the skin of the establishment. And that's what, real independent journalism is about, especially for those of us in the United States and, and the Western world. Well, if, but, I, uh, can just,
2: if I can just yeah, say real quick, yeah, Richard in. was talking about them taking the Press TV website, and it, it is a concerted effort to do things like make it difficult to look things up on Google. It's not it's not accidental. Uh, you know, the the there seemed to be a very, a very, you know, specific time of a few months where they decided that I must have been a threat. Uh, soon after the 2016 election. And within those couple of months, there was a New York Times hit piece done on me, an NPR hit piece done on me. And basically, and and since then, they haven't covered me. So I think the main read those mainstream outlets, I think the main reason they did those in such a short period was so that people who Google me will quickly find yeah. uh, anti Lee Camp articles mm. and they can reference, you can link to those on Wikipedia. So the Wikipedia entry can also malign me. But you're not allowed to use like RT or anywhere else I am as a, a source on Wikipedia. You can only use the propaganda sources as sources. So yeah. it's it's kind of like a design to let, you know, let's make sure his his or this outlet's online life mm. is very difficult for users to, to you know, read or enjoy.
3: That's for wild, sure. honestly.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. well, you know, I see, you know, people are coming onto the stream. So definitely like this video, like uh, this stream share it out and support the show at patreon.com slash danny haifong but we're gonna move right along uh lee uh, i want to go back to you lee Jingjing.
1: um okay
0: and i want to ask this question of everyone you know this is very cold war-esque this is very mccarthyist in terms of this assault on state affiliate media because basically what it's doing is it's claiming that anyone who's any independent voice and, and this goes for people who aren't necessarily look at what's happened to julian assange he is constantly equated with being some kind of dupe or agent of Russia. And he, you know, uh, along with his, uh, uh, you know, uh, th- those folks, those good folks at WikiLeaks have all faced this accusation. But, I, you know, I want to uh, I want to get into sort of the impact of this. And, you, you know, Li Jingjing, how, how has this impacted you? And then maybe all, all of you can go into like the real the what is the impact of the like the broader impact of this attack, because I think that there is something very Cold War-like about this, very McCarthyist, and it has a real chilling effect. As much as, uh, of course, we I think we all here wear it as a badge of honor, right? These attacks because it, it shows we're doing the right thing. But you know, mm-hmm. I want to I want to just get a, a better sense for for all of you what your thoughts are about mm. the broader impact of this attack on our journalism and the journalism of those folks who are, are really trying to provide an alternative to the establishment narrative.
1: Mm. I think it's very dangerous that people are not trying or not willing to hear any positive voices about China, either from China or people saying any positive things about China. It's quite dangerous because uh, I I think um, sometimes I feel people outside of China have a very different perception about China compared to those people who are living in China. And um, especially if you read mainstream media in America, in the West, uh, I think, I don't know, who, who, for those of you who are watching this upstream, I don't know when you talk about China, what's the first thing pop up in your mind? Is that like uh, Kung Fu, f- nice food? <laughs> or, is <that> a, <laughs> or is that a murderous uh, authoritarian state that oppressed their people? And sometimes when we go to different countries, you will see people, especially from the Western countries, oh, you're Chinese. Uh, they feel like you're probably brainwashed. How do you feel about seeing the democracy, the free world for the first time? <laughs> so but, well, if world, talk- <laughs> yeah. but if you talk to the real Chinese people living in China, you will hear a different perception about China. They said, oh, I actually like the government because our life dramatically changed in a better way. Our life improved, especially the bottom 50%. Life experienced dramatic changes over the past 40 years. But you never hear that. And um, if, if, sometimes there are Chinese saying positive things. You know what? The government is doing great. Uh, a few Last month, there's a story shared by a Tibetan on Chinese network. Tibetan student who studied in America and he happened to encounter an American guy say, oh, we see this, uh, what China is doing to Tibet is horrible. Like these people don't have, they can't speak their language. They don't have a human rights. And the guy said, well, no, I can speak Tibetan perfectly. And our life improved so much. We got out of uh, absolute poverty It's great. And the guy, the American guy said, there's no way because all the Tibetans don't agree with you has been murdered. So I mean, even with the living Tibetan in front of yeah. you saying we are doing OK, they're still like refuse to believe all this. This is what's happening to most of the people. Actually, there are a lot of Chinese people on Twitter or expats living in China on Twitter willing to speak out. They don't want to get into the fight, but they are sick of seeing the constant slanders, misinformation and uh, spread it not just by trolls with uh, separatists or activists with uh, some, some evil intentions, but actually some, especially the mainstream media in China, they are doing the same thing because slander China, portraying China as a murderous, a no human rights authoritarian state is the political correctness in the Western culture. You cannot see anything that is good because and now we are talking, there's a, a joke on Twitter, where saying, whoa, China find a better way to, to cure cancer faster, but at what cost? Well, China ended COVID-19 <laughs> at, at what cost? So there's always, that's always. their headline. Always, always <laughs> their headline, no matter what it does, Unreal. it's at, at, at what cost? So before <laughs> the lockdown in Wuhan, uh, after uh, the Wuhan was the first city in the world to implement such a lockdown, to contain COVID-19. See, they're taking the people's liberty, freedom away, take people's <laughs> human rights away to do lockdown. And after they couldn't control the COVID-19 back in America, in Europe, see, you guys didn't lock down soon enough. So everything is your fault.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's it. That's it. So it anyone jump quite, in? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah,
1: yeah, I just feel it's quite dangerous that people are not willing to hear the... The positive voices, and those post- positive voices are, even those are based on facts. But those who uh, is, who say China is doing horrible things, no matter how ridiculous their story sounds, and there are some testimonies of some witnesses, Uyghur witnesses, being used by AP, by by CNN, BBC. This this witness has changed. Her her stories three times. Every time mm. she got on a, uh, got interviewed by Vice by by CNBC. Every time the story was different and being more exaggerated, and with apparent loopholes. But it doesn't matter. They were got a big front page, big headlines. Um and um. But those who are say from China saying, we are okay. But their accounts got shut down. So that's what they're doing. Got the social network or the media. Flooded with negative information about China. And that's, I think that's part of the atrocity propaganda that you yeah. have to portray your enemy of doing something horrible and sometimes with deliberate fabrications. So that's why, that's when, when you start, when you uh, want to wage a war against, your man, against this enemy, it's not just about protecting our country, it's defend defend mm. human rights, defend freedom. Mm. And uh, I think some of the US politicians really want to bring democracy for the Chinese people, especially Mike Pompeo. I think when he was still in the office, I remember mm-hmm. one tweet, we must stand with the Chinese people. It's, we, don't, we love Chinese people, but it's the CCP that we hate. We should stand <laughs> yeah. with Chinese people. But when Chinese people see that tweet, we were like, uh sure, you care about us,
2: yeah,
1: <laughs> last time you care about people in the, in the in the middle east well what happened to them now? They're still mm-hmm. struggling, so yeah. people Chinese people here really know what they are what they are doing, especially seeing the chaotic year in, in twenty twenty maybe before twenty twenty there are still some people here have this big American dream seeing America as the beacon for democracy, for freedom, but at twenty twenty is really the year that people see through, okay, that's just yeah. all, it's not democracy, it's hypocrisy.
0: Mm.
3: If, okay, jump if I can in, just focus. add, you know, I, yeah. I I absolutely agree with everything Lee just laid out. And it, recently also with with AUKUS, you know, this new uh, military partnership between uh, the UK, Australia and US. I mean, Australia has always been basically an unsinkable aircraft carrier for the Americans. They have Pine Gap, this this huge spy station there. And now it's it's going to be even more so, you know, they, they were going to give, um, for example, uh, the Americans, they have access to uh, Royal Air Force, Royal Australian Air Force airfields and uh, some ports. But this is going to increase even more. And they're trying to antagonize China. And then, at this, you know, they call it a defensive partnership. They're, they're trying to bring stability to the Indo-Pacific. But then, you know, with, with anything that China does, you know, someone coughs in China and it's like, oh, my God. China is is uh, antagonizing Taiwan. They're a threat to the region. You know, they do the same thing with Iran. Iran is a threat to the region. You know, they're a growing yeah. power. They use all this like like um, uh, language that you know most people who who see a headline they don't even read the article and and, and read between the lines. They they just swallow this and it, it, it's a very dangerous conditioning because um, you know it's uh, they they dehumanize the enemy essentially because when it comes to time to uh, put sanctions, which I mean, not people even in the West have even know about or care about. But it, in the case of war, and I hope, of course, there's no war. They they it, it acquiesce the the the, pol- the population acquiesce to this propaganda. It makes it much easier for the politicians to take uh you know uh, actions that are that are frankly uh, you know uh, war crimes, atrocities, crimes against humanity without people really blinking. You know, it's it they just get conditioned, they get programmed into thinking, yeah, well those 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 people are not free anyway or they're not they're not like us they're not equal to us and so it's okay to do such and such and i think this is very dangerous you know yeah. um, it, it's it's completely uh, racist xenophobic and just frankly ignorant and hypocritical it's really hypocritical because everything they say i mean they don't even have this in the west you know and i think just the the broader implications of these attacks on on uh, foreign media is that they don't want the real uh, story getting out you know you you yeah. cannot you cannot go against the official narrative. If you're, for example, someone from China who agrees with the narrative that China is a human rights abuser, then CNN and NBC. You know, got NBC, a job. All, there you go. They want to listen to you. And if you're, you're someone from Iran, there was this this uh, um, Iranian woman in the U.S. who said that Iran wanted to kidnap her and then take her in a speedboat to Venezuela. She did an interview on every channel. I mean, it's the most insane plot, you know, and uh, <laughs> they, they just they just swallow this up. And and just speaking um about Syria. I mean, you know, you you cannot say that anything uh, was good, uh, you know, before the war in 2011. Uh, you yeah. know, you say that there were no power cuts, uh, you know, which I can <laughs> I'm telling you, the things were getting better the last two years before the war started. There were no more power cuts in Damascus. You know, the infrastructure was getting better. You you, you can't say this. This is like, are you an Assad supporter? Are you a mouthpiece for the Ba'ath regime? <laughs> it's 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 impossible. So you have to be like the sheep. You have to swallow the propaganda and you can't step out of line. And RT and CGTN and Press TV, they give the truth. In the in, in the English language, you know, it's this English language media and it's it's showing that everything being reported in the West is wrong. And so that's why they're they're quote unquote dangerous. And they perceive these outlets as a threat and they try to silence people because you can't differ, you can't, um, you know, diverge from the official narrative, especially in, in English language. I mean, this is, you know, this is uh, heresy. And so that's why they go after us.
2: Yeah and and a lot of what you're speaking to is toxic nationalism this idea that that other countries are evil we're the good country and it's you 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 start asking you know three seconds of questions and that just that idea just crumbles like oh you're you're telling me every baby in Iran is evil uh you, i mean and and our sanctions, you know, are designed to harm the people. They're not just harming. You think they're harming the 12 rich guys that there's no they're they're harming the people who get most harmed by sanctions by economic war is going to be the poor and the babies and the ill and the elderly. That's who really gets destroyed by economic sanctions. And yet the U.S. has, you know, hundreds of sanctions on various countries. Uh, trying to just destroy them and make life as miserable as possible in order to to support this toxic nationalist idea that we need to own the world. Uh, and, and if you speak out against this stuff, like you're saying, then you are not welcome on those other networks. And when they, which they do endlessly, when they report garbage or propaganda or bullshit on these major networks, New York Times, Washington Post, et cetera, occasionally you might get a tiny retraction uh, you know, three years later. But they know no one's looking at that. They know it has served its purpose. Its purpose was to get people to believe this garbage to begin with. And they also know the most important aspect, which we saw with Russia Gate, and we've seen with, you know, Syrian chemical weapons attacks and et cetera, is that if you repeat a falsehood enough, people, it's been shown, you know, testing has shown. Psychologically, people confuse familiarity with truth. So if you just keep saying something enough, then people will think it's true. And, and, you know, this goes for people that are you know, watch my show all the time. My, my, my own parents, they'll, they'll hear something enough on CNN and they'll be like, "Eh, well, yeah, but that's probably true. Right. And I'll be like, I gave you the information. I debunked all of it. And they're like, yeah, but we've heard it five (laughs) times in a row. How could, (laughs) how could it possibly be false at that point? It's just so infuriating. I mean, and yeah. they leave. I let. One of my favorite things is they'll print this garbage, propaganda garbage. You know, it'd be like, you know, Kim Jong Un assassinated his uh, girlfriend with crocodiles, and they'll th- then they'll go, oh, never mind, his girlfriend was seen walking around, but they'll leave up the article about yeah. how she was killed with crocodiles. And you're like, what? Just so people can keep sharing it for years to come. It's like, how are you not so ashamed? That you don't take that article down it's amazing right
3: <laughs> yeah right they did the same thing with iraq you know i mean we talk about state media the, you, there's nothing more state media than the U.S. corporate media. I mean, corporations and, and, and the government in the U.S. are one and the same. The, the corporations own the government. And you look at the propaganda before the war in Iraq. I mean, there is not one fucking outlet that published any truth about that. You know, like we were saying before, the people who dared to oppose the war got fired. You know, you yeah. go on Fox News and Shep Smith is saying, like, we we bring a little love to the Middle East, you know, and they're cheering on this war and you go on. MSNBC, on CNN, you know, they were, re- they were repeating every piece of shit that came out of the CIA. If the CIA said the sky is, uh, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know, the sky is green, they would say, yes, the sky is green, the CIA tell us. And they always frame it in a way like, you know, uh, that it's, it's, it's a certainty what the CIA are saying. There's no scrutiny whatsoever. They did this with the anthrax letters as well. I remember this. Turns out it was some guy in the U.S. doing them. And for, for ages, yep. they're saying, no, but there's this, this chemical in the anthrax letters that is Saddam Hussein's signature, you know? And, <laughs> and so as Lee was saying, it, it's the familiarity, you know, they, they repeat these lies often enough that people believe them. And to this day, we are in 2021. And people still think Iraq had something to do with with 9 11. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't even know for the life of me what the people of Afghanistan had to do with 9 11. You know, if you're mad at at uh, nine uh, the people who caused 9 11, and I think people should be go, you should go pay the CIA a visit. But you know, th- this this really shows you. I think the Iraq War uh, and and Russia are really the most prime examples, the most potent examples of how there is no scrutiny in the U.S. corporate media. They they repeat the lies. Uh, fed to them by intelligence agencies and other malign actors to use some of Pompeo's language. Um, and they just don't, you know, they, they don't question it at all. And then they publish some shitty apology, like, you know, after the, the country's already been invaded and, and blown to smithereens. And it's like, well, you know, we didn't apply uh, uh, as much rigor as we should have. Fuck your apology. Why, <laughs> why didn't you do your work and then help avoid the war maybe, you know? I don't want to give yes. you an apology afterwards. It's like the BBC, they come and do this documentary last year called once upon a time in Iraq, and I, I think people should watch it. it. It's for the most part, it, it's quite good. Um, it's it's heartbreaking because they give you these stories from Iraq. And okay, that's great that, that you're showing what the war in Iraq did to Iraqis. But maybe you shouldn't have been peddling this lie about 45 minutes uh, from attack. You know the the, the, the yeah. sexed up dossiers, as it's called. <laughs> you know, they, it's always they always do it too late, and then they can be like, yes, but you know we we're, we we're playing both. We're we're on. Um, you know, we're not fully wrong. We, we, we do take some accountability and show what the war did It's bullshit, man. The state media, you couldn't have a, a, a more um, potent example of state media than in uh, the West. You, you just couldn't, you know.
2: Hmm. Yeah, And I
1: want to add one more thing. While they are labeling us as uh, state affiliated media, but those who are actually uh, sponsored by U.S. government and not get this label. For example, mm-hmm. Voice of America, VOA, Radio Free Asia. I mean, yeah. I, I got, I got this, uh, their website on my, on my computer. They said on their website like, about us, Radio Free Asia is a private nonprofit corporation founded by the U.S. Congress through the U.S. Agency for Global Media, (USNGM), mm-hmm. an independent federal government agency that oversees all U.S. civilian international media And the the U.S. AGM, formerly the Broadcasting Board of Governors, is is an independent agency of the United States government that broadcasts news and information. And it describes its mission vital to U.S. national interests to inform, engage, and connect people around the world in support of their freedom democracy. They are openly saying they are founded by U.S. government. They don't get a label. And Radio Free Asia, I think they got networks, uh from across the world. Let me go to their their page. See, they got Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty, and mm-hmm. the their broadcasting countries, including Afghanistan, Iran, Pakistan, Russia, and Ukraine. Interesting selection yeah. of countries, right? Mm-hmm. All the countries uh-huh. on their <laughs> <hit> list. Uh-huh. <laughs> they also got office of Cuba broadcasting, um, Radio for Asia, Middle East broadcasting networks, all funded by the same organization. None of them got the labels. They are apparently funded by the US government. And the stories they broadcast are just absurd. For example, um, a few months ago when the Uyghurs in Xinjiang were celebrating the end of Ramadan, when they were dancing in front of the renowned mosques in Kashgar, because Mm -hmm. dancing was very important culture in, in Uyghur culture. So before Radio Frasia was a China government, Chinese government took away eradicating the Uyghur culture, eradicating Islam. They're now allowed it to celebrate their, their religious festivals. But last year when Uyghurs were dancing, celebrating the end of Ramadan, Radio Frasier said, whoa, they're forcing Uyghurs to dance. They're forcing <laughs> oh, Uyghurs to be, to be happy. That's oh all, it's all paid. I mean, are you listening to yourself? First, you said they're eradicating culture. Now, you said they're forced to be happy. They're not making any sense, and they got the big coverage and they got big headlines. They don't get the labels. It's just double standard, hypocritical.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that you know, the more you can dehumanize. I mean, this is part of dehumanizing the countries that you know, where these outlets derive from, you know, whether it's China, Russia, Iran, we can go down the line, Nicaragua, we've seen hundreds of accounts on Facebook sympathetic yeah. to the Sandinistas be taken down over the last week. Steve Sweeney of Morningstar uh, was held in Mexico for three days before he could even go to Nicaragua. And, uh, you know, reports were that it was because U.S. government just didn't want him to go, you know, like that, that. You know, this is a real campaign of suppression, and I think the hypocrisy is very important to touch on because not only does it undo the narratives behind what justifies this policy, but it also exposes the real criminality that those who are taking part in this censorship, the major corporations, the military industrial complex, the U.S., U.K., the Western governments, they're really trying to hide their own criminality as well. But anyway... Whoever wants to jump in should should jump in.
3: <laughs> no, I I I uh, I couldn't agree more. And you know the thing with with the UK, I think something that is emblematic of hiding criminality. You know, you look at the last uh, two years, especially the last two years, um, how the Zionist lobby, the Israeli lobby, has really, uh, you know, just increased, uh, tightened its its stranglehold over. Uh, British politics you know they ran this smear campaign against Jeremy Corbyn all the major outlets ran with it you know all, all of them they, they all accepted this narrative that uh, he was an anti-Semite and he, you know he's been a lifelong uh, anti-racist activist uh, I mean you know <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn you're, you're really grasping at straws here and so there was they were painting him as a racist and you know because he supported Palestine and he, he wanted to implement a socialist uh, agenda in the Labour Party you can't do that that's not allowed. Um, and so th- th- this shows you again how the media they 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 all cooperate to character assassinate someone, and they they work actively to hide the criminality of you know the Israeli occupation, which is of course funded by the United States and created by the united kingdom and so this this was really emblematic of uh, how much uh, control they have over british politics british media and i mean just just last um Last month, you have uh, Professor David Miller, who teaches at Bristol University. Uh, I, you know, I, I interviewed him about this. He got fired. He got fired from Bristol University. Same thing. They had this smear campaign against him, calling him an anti-Semite. You know, when just for criticizing Israel, right? So they 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 managed to kick him out of the university after you know two years of of uh, complaints, even though a lawyer, like a, a solicitor, found no wrongdoing. And uh, no racism on his part, you know. And, so and the, the, Cornell, uh, the, uh,
2: Professor Cornell you know, West couldn't get a tenure at Harvard.
3: Yeah. Well, yes, yeah, there, there you go, there you go. So I mean, th- this shows you that uh, you you uh, have a media that serves, uh, you know, very uh, big criminal enterprises, be it corporations or you know uh, uh, people like Saudi Arabia or the Israeli occupation or committing genocide, who are uh, murdering, uh, oppressing brutalizing people on a daily basis and it, this is you know, this is state media at the end of the day these are you can't come here and tell me that this is an objective uh uh you know an objective apparatus or establishment it's just ridiculous and uh you know <laughs> if if other countries uh you know are are dictatorships according to the west you know they 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 say that uh, Iran and Syria and all these dictatorships i mean they, they couldn 't dream of having such a a complex propaganda apparatus you know if they're, if they 're so good at this, is the whole world why is the whole world trying to to get rid of them and uh, you know justify sanctions against them, justify uh, you know uh, all, all kinds of uh, atrocities and and decades of of uh, war decades of sanctions uh, it 's really important to to understand the agenda here and the agendas that you know keep keep imperialism going, keep the the corporate profits going and dehumanize people, you know. Uh, and I think it's also inherently messed up that they think that, you know, in in uh, Saudi uh, in in, in um, Syria or in, uh, you know, Iran or China, that it's all state media, like as if the people there are, are so stupid that they would fall victim to to whatever is broadcast on the television. The irony here that <laughs> that's the case in the West, if we're going to be yeah. real here. Because yeah. you just can't compete. You can't compete with that kind of uh, propaganda apparatus. It's really incredible, you know. It's uh, consider it a PR department of the military-industrial complex because uh, there's no shortage of, of funders from the weapons uh, manufacturers, and of course we can go into pharmaceuticals and so on. But you know, I, I just think uh, it, it's uh, it's ridiculous um, how they they project. It's really a lot of projection onto other countries.
2: And. And besides uh, many other reasons that it's been useful for America to uh, malign and use propaganda against other countries, one of the biggest ones might be that it's just much easier to keep the citizenry in line to justify, uh, you know, unlimited surveillance and a a, a police officer on every corner. Uh, you, You kind of can't justify all that shit without saying that there are evil people trying to get you. And so they kind of have to jump from one country to another. Uh, they, you know, the Russians are going to get you. The Iranians are going to get you. The, now it's the Cubans. Cubans have a they have a sound weapon. They're going to hit you with and <laughs> give you give you a headache for a week. Oh my God, it's awful. Uh, I mean, they've got to have something to to scare people into accepting such a imp- oppressive society of the largest police force in the world, the largest prison state in the world. Uh you know, people people start asking questions if they aren't afraid of the great other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh you know, one this hypocrisy. It, I mean, I mean we can go over so many examples. I I, I mean it's just to think that the United States, especially let's center on the United States because the United States has been leading this. It's a war. I mean, it really is an information war that the United States is waging. When you are able to unilaterally take down accounts, when you're able to take domains, as as Richard, you mentioned, take the domain of press TV when you're and, and when you're able to use this vast corporate media apparatus to suppress independent journalism, uh, I mean what is I mean what is that other than censorship it is blatant censorship and we are in I think this very da- it's a it's a very dangerous new cold war moment that I think is is really fueling all of this it began with Russia gate now it's China China gate China's yeah. the t- the worst and it does follow quite neatly from the war on terror because the war on terror, as you, me- as you mentioned, Lee, about this un- non-ending unending surveillance, that's really where it began in the United States. And it has affected the media. Now we see this military to corporate media intelligence kind of revolving door that uh, that exploded during the war on terror, and it's it's only getting worse. And... You know, I I think it's just so important to highlight this hypocrisy because we have the United States ready to kill one of the most important journalists of our generation, Mm -hmm. Julian Assange, ready to extradite him while claiming that Chinese media, Iranian media, Russian media is somehow undermining American democracy. First of all, what democracy? And second of all, yeah, I I mean, the United States right now is undermining itself in so many respects because you don't even have Mm -hmm. corporate media, no one in the corporate media. Is willing to speak up about this so let's talk about that who's speaking up about this like like i i feel like this is not a subject that people really want to touch it has impacts i mean luckily this channel is even monetized so whatever but you know at the end there are impacts to this and, and people it, and as i said before a chilling effect has kind of taken on so it's taken you know taken hold here so yeah whatever reactions you have we have about you know Ten more minutes. And, uh, you know, I know you all got a lot to do. It's it's early and late in certain areas. (laughs) Uh,
2: Yeah. I mean, in terms of the impact on on journalists, I've seen I mean, I've been lucky that I can have continue to have a career, but I've seen so many, uh, you know, I guess we used to call them citizen journalists, but independent journalists that that can't make a living any longer, uh, have kind of given up, uh, you know, even if they're still doing it, they're hardly seen by anybody. Uh, it's, it's really crushed independent journalism in, in so many ways. And there's also a, a great deal of self-censorship that I think is going on now among many independent journalists because they're like, well, if I put Israel in the title of a video, no one's going to see it. <laughs> uh, or if I put it in the description or if I even just do is a, a video on Israel or or if I, you know, uh, my co-host of my podcast, Graham Elwood, was probably demonetized for covering Jeffrey Epstein. So, you know, people are like, well, I can't talk about Epstein. And it, it's just... There's a lot of like, whether I think a lot of independent media, uh, independent journalists want to admit it or not, there's a lot of self censorship of where Mm. they're uh, they're the topics they're heading towards, you know, Uh, they're going to head more towards the topics that are allowed and that get a lot of views, as opposed to the topics that get them suppressed and demonetized and could even get their channel deleted. So, uh, you know, I, I think that is not discussed enough. It's it's easy to discuss the channels that have been deleted and you know straight up banned but a lot of people are not mentioning that we we you know it, it, people just don't want to talk about israel anymore because their videos will get uh, taken down or demonetized
1: mm. yeah and i also want to add um because the journal- journalists who were feeding feeding on this uh, u.s diplomas foreign policy they get more views clicks uh, for their mm-hmm. stories with fabrications, with fake evidence. But those stories have serious consequences because they will eventually lead to, for example, sanctions and, and it's w- working towards, it's, it's towards wars, but we haven't reached wars yet. But it's, we're seeing some consequences. For example, yeah. they are talking about how Xinjiang used forced labor in cotton industry which is not a... If you go to Xinjiang, you know, like Xinjiang, because of the geological conditions, they produce the best quality of cottons. And all the farmers have their own plot of lands. It's their own land. It's their major, probably only source of income for many local farmers. So by making this claim and all this CNBC are feeding off this uh, fake stories, the people... Uyghur people and all other ethnic minority people in Xinjiang are facing uh, the serious problem. They can, their cottons can can be sold can't be sold to anywhere else because China is the major exporter for cottons, uh, providing cottons for all these major uh, brands that we saw like Nike and Skechers. But suddenly, the farmers already seeing these consequences. They they cannot sell their cottons. How can they make a life without, without this income? So it has this, So those people who are claiming, we care about people in China, we care about the Uyghur human rights, those who claim they care, the human rights, are doing the most horrendous crimes by putting those people back into poverty. So that would create chaos, create unemployment. China just finished this uh, lifted people out. Two million people in Xinjiang lifted the two million people in Xinjiang out of absolute poverty. So that's why, like, also the de-radicalization, people finally have a stable life, have a stable life to 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 have a job to live peacefully. But now, what the U.S. government is doing, in the name of freedom and democracy, is putting those people back into poverty, create instability, create chaos. So the terrorist groups like ETNM, TIP can recruit those people who are struggling financially. So that has serious, dangerous consequences.
0: Mm.
2: Meanwhile, it's still legal to have slaves in the United (laughs) States as long as they're
3: prisoners.
0: There you go. 13th Amendment, (laughs) exactly.
3: So if Uh, I I can just add, uh, uh, because you mentioned Julian Assange, I mean... Man, I've been covering the extradition hearing since the beginning, and I can just tell you one thing that that this is unbelievably chilling. Uh, what they're trying to do—they're—they're really—I—I'm I, seeing this in the court. They're—they're they're really extraterritorializing U.S. law in central London, and I mean this is scandalous, you know. And and what's so worrisome is that the judge, when she blocked the extradition, she she did it on health grounds, which you know seems great on the surface. But last week we had the High Court appeal. And you, we re, I knew this was coming, but we really saw in court why this was so bad that she only blocked on health grounds. She agreed with all the political crap, you know, the, the uh, Espionage Act, there's 17 charges under that. There's another one for a conspiracy to commit computer hacking. And the judge in her ruling, she basically equated everything that he did as a crime in the UK. You know, and she used the Official Secrets Act. So, the, I mean, the 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 precedent that this sets is is and the main witness that the
2: main witness admit he made it all up.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that that's one thing. And then, of course, we have the Yahoo News story that the CIA is basically, you know, uh, what was was planning to to potentially kill him and kidnap him. But on top of that, you can see in the last months, Priti Patel, the Home Secretary, she's gone and and pushed the Official Secrets Act. You know. She's she's making it even worse, you know. They want to give journalists like 14 years in jail, and and they are basically criminalizing national security journalism. I, I did a bunch of reporting on this. It's so so bad, and it, it I can't I really I can't put it into words how how catastrophic this is. And honestly, th- this this whole idea that uh, you know uh, we're having uh, outlets. I mean, I, I cover Julian Assange extensively on on every platform I can, so the message reaches as as many people as possible how the how the hell is that being a mouthpiece uh, for for be it Iran or or, or Russia or, or whatever I mean, these these channels are a mouthpiece for me you know if we're gonna be cheeky because my point is that I've been given a megaphone and I'm using it to to spread the message because the message hasn't changed you know uh, if of course you see someone and then changes up well okay you know that could maybe be a valid criticism but this whole idea that you know, you know because of the platform you're on that the message is bad no this is not true you should always focus on the message what's being said and then address that you know otherwise it's just personal attacks and trying to change the subject and you know it's weak it it doesn't it doesn't address the the topic at hand and i i i really uh i really don't know what what the future holds i i can just say one thing that the trump administration you know they put sanctions um on iran basically saying that uh, Press TV and, and other channels that are under Irib uh, are controlled by the Iranian Republican uh, Revolutionary Guard Corps, right? So the IRGC and they, Google ended up banning Press TV from YouTube and, and like every Google service. I even think like Calendar Google Calendar is like they can't use it, you know, and then Biden gets into office. And what does Biden do? He acts on these sanctions, the same ones that Trump put in place. To, yeah. to do what we talked about, to steal the domains of Press TV and 30 other outlets that are also Arabic language and English language. And so, you know, once again, where's the difference here between Biden and Trump? You know, they're both they're, they're shitting on the press. They're shitting on the press. There's no difference between them, you know. Um, and of course, the persecution of Julian Assange, they're just going straight. For, you know, they, they're, they're running with it. And I mean, I, I knew this would happen. I think we all predicted this. But of course, they're not. Too many people want to listen, right? Instead, they just yell at us that, oh, you're state media. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Well, oh, I want to say something. I want to I say one thing because uh, we're hitting towards the close. I, I definitely want all of your closing, you know, any remarks, anything that you have, any thoughts that you didn't get out that you want to get out. I definitely want all of you to go around. I want to say something broader, you know, in, in terms of the broader movement for peace, for justice, the broader movement to ensure that, the the truth the information that people need gets to them so that they can act on it and and truly end you know this regime of endless war this regime of endless austerity all the exploitation and oppression that happens in the world because of uh the United States government the, its allies but one of the thing that re- one thing that really concerns me about this attack is that people such as yourselves right your work is delegitimized, all of the inc- courageous work. I mean, these are ex- you guys are examples of what journalism should be. Richard, your work uh, on Julian Assange, like doing something that very few are willing to do, mainstream press, independent press, cover this issue, which is such a monumental one. Uh, Lee Camp, all of the work you've done around imperialism, uh, your activism, your journalism, all of it centers on peace and centers on, you know, the, the, I mean, the the courage of of you being a part of the embassy protectors, um, you know, during the 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 siege on Venezuela that was occurring, um, both here in the United States, which with, with the seizure of embassies, and as well abroad, you know, in Venezuela, the proxy wars. And then Li Jingjing, you're going around your own country, the country that you call your home, trying to expose Westerners, Americans of the real China in a time where that that's a dangerous thing to do. I mean, that is at this moment where the xenophobia, the new cold war is such at this height there. I could see why that would be something that's difficult. You know, people might feel, uh, you know, a, a little bit worried about doing that because of the assault that the U S media government are conducting. So, you know, one of the most frustrating things is that it's, This kind of work that is suppressed in the places where it is needed most to get out. And that's one of the major points I wanted to highlight in this panel in this conversation, uh, because it really is egregious and criminal. and, And we all I know all of us here are on this side uh on the correct side but but we are really in this to convince others uh, to, <laughs> to to fight this siege um, but you know for those of us, those of you who are watching this, please like, share, support the show at patreon.com slash danny Haifong and now I want to get to to your closing remarks. anything that you want to say um, to close to close this thing out, each of you definitely uh, jump in and uh, please last words. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I, I think, you know, we're in dire times. You, 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 one thing you can say is it's an exciting time to be alive. Uh, we're in dire times. We're at a fork in the road. The, the, thanks to climate change, the planet is heating up exponentially fast. Uh, we've lost 50% of all wildlife over the past 40 years. And what we need in order to deal with that is massive cooperation, global cooperation on a level we've maybe never seen before. And instead, what many countries and many media outlets are pushing is this endless war, endless strife, endless belligerence against other countries, against other peoples. We got to see past toxic nationalism and towards a a global cooperation to deal with climate change as if this, you know, America shifted their entire production base, their entire way of life to deal with World War Two. It needs to be on that level, but for the globe. And in order to do that, we got to get past the, the the endless hatred of each other and the endless scaremongering and and, and jingoistic garbage. And in order to do that, I think you got to stop watching your your corporate media that is uh, pushing those viewpoints, that's pushing those ideas. Uh, we have to wake up and 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 get the fuck out of this mentality, this, this, uh, social engineering that makes people hate someone from another country. Uh, it, we need global cooperation. And so, you know, it's, a, it's an honor to be on here with you three because you're doing such amazing work, but yeah, I, th- I think that is why right now is such an important time for, uh, you know, media that is outside of what is considered allowable for the corporate state.
0: Yeah. Lee Jingjing, how about you, you, you follow up.
1: Hmm. Uh, I think I want to say, like before, we were lied with this uh, Naira testimony. We were all with this lied with this false testimony, and then um, led to this uh, became the justification for the war on Iraq and led to chaos. That people, so many people died. And over the past few decades, we saw so many wars, sanctions across the world that caused damage, uh, that caused people's lives. And are you still willing to be lied again? And when talking about the human rights in in, in China or in Xinjiang or Muslims, the Western countries are crying much louder than Muslim majority countries. Doesn't that raise alarm? So I think people just think about it. When you hear countries like Russia, China, Afghanistan, Cuba, are doing horrendous things, think about it. You are not the, uh, how to say, the defender of human rights. You are not the one that brings justice to other people. You need to hear and listen. People actually from there live there. What's their view? and compare because you've been lied, bef- lied to before. You don't want to be led to again that have serious consequences. So, and especially after 2020, we all, all countries got our internal affairs to be fixed. Every country was struggling with COVID, with financial crisis, with everything else. It's the time that we fix internal questions rather than Fixing extra, willify vil- other countries, bring justice to other countries. Fix your own shit before you talk about others. So, yeah, so I hope people are willing to, you don't have to really believe all of us, just to take a look what's inside China, what people inside Iran, inside Russia, what those people are thinking. So hear different sides of the story rather than just believing mm. the mainstream media.
0: Richard close this. Well, close us out. I'll stay on for a few more minutes, but but close the panel out, please. Oh, no, he can't hear you.
2: You're muted, Richard.
0: Or not. I don't I see him it. muted. I don't know if
3: it's working now. There you go. It is. Okay. Yes. So, you know, like I was saying, the PR de- the the PR department of the the weapons manufacturers it's the mainstream media. It's the Western corporate media, and they, you know, they literally kill people. They they manufacture consent uh, for sanctions. If they even talk about sanctions, um, you know, they'll do reports like, "Oh, the the economic situation in Syria is dire," and then they don't even mention the fact that it's sanctions and ten years of war. And right. same, same thing about Venezuela and so on. You know, and they, they manufacture consent for sanctions and then worse shit as well. You know, like we were talking about the, the, the war in Iraq um, and, and the war on terror in general. The war on terror is still continuing, by the way. I don't know why people think that Afghanistan is like, oh, yeah, everything's done now. It's fucking not. I can tell you that. And the problem here is that, you know, we, we have uh, uh, hypocrisy. Uh, you know, I mean, in of an astronomical order. You know, they, they talk about human rights. Man, look at the United States. What human rights? You know, you, they're still treating... African-Americans and, and basically anyone who is in fully, you know, 100 percent white, like like second, third rate citizens, uh, you know, as we were just pointing out, they, the U.S. has the world's largest prison population. I mean, how, how are you going to talk about people being jailed in, in you know, uh, Xinjiang or, or uh, persecuted in, in uh, uh, political dissidents being persecuted? Uh, uh, in Iran when you're doing that in the US, you know, and, and not just in the US they're going to the UK now to to jail Julian Assange, you know, they come and talk about press freedoms in Syria, press freedoms in Iran press freedoms in Russia, in China motherfucker, you know, the, the only reason you have a so-called free press in the US is because everyone's in cahoots working with the same narrative, that's the only, you know, there's nothing yeah. free about it in terms of, uh, um, you know uh, where it's going, and the, the hypocrisy about oh, you know, um this military has committed war crimes. They always blame Syria for for you know uh, carrying out war crimes and the chemical weapons fiasco. Another lie. I mean, the the United States bombed Iraq so bad. The city of Fallujah is is basically radioactive. You know, it has higher uh, higher rate of birth defects than Hiroshima, and Nagasaki, where two nukes were dropped. You know, this is these are atrocities that are untold. You know, people literally untold because. They never talk about these things in the media. So everything that they say about other countries, about not having a free press, about abusing human rights, about war crimes—they're doing it and doing it to a much higher degree. And this is true of the United States, just as it's true of the United Kingdom. You know, the U.S. is basically just an extension of the British Empire—it's on steroids. So this is really important to 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 point out, and I I couldn't agree more with. Uh, my esteemed colleagues you know uh uh, lee and 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 lee said just now that you have to listen to the people in these countries uh in china in iran you can't just take the word of some uh you know motherfucker over at cnn who's platforming uh you know if they're even platforming someone from that country but platforming always just you know surely a dissident or someone who who has has a vested interest in in uh telling lies and, and and uh skewing the narrative so i think this is really important People need to unplug. They need to take their heads out of their asses and stop listening to you know, Sky News and the BBC. They, they've got it wrong. Every single time they got it wrong. They got it wrong with Russia. They got it wrong with Iraq. They got it wrong with Afghanistan, with Syria. Every, every goddamn time they got it wrong. Why would you trust these people in a million years? And so I just want to close by saying thank you for having me on, Danny. Thank you for having us on. And it's such a pleasure to be yeah. with you three. Really, I, I couldn't... Um, I, I'm so proud of your work. I'm so proud of what you guys are doing. And keep up the amazing uh job really you know, like we're saying, we couldn't we we need independent media more than ever. And you know, what you guys are doing is really good. If it wasn't good, if it wasn't the right thing, they wouldn't be working so hard to try to silence it, yeah. right? Yeah. So there you go.
0: Well, thanks so much, Richard, and everyone, round of applause to our uh esteemed panel, as Richard put it. Um, you know, I'll be on for a few more minutes to close the whole stream out. But really, got, you know, everyone follow follow these really incredible journalists, activists. You know, they're they're doing the real work um out here. Um, but yeah, it, it was really amazing to be with all of you. I think you know, of course, we'll all either collectively or or in another capacity be, uh, I'm sure together again. Uh, talking about this shit because this is, this is going to continue and that's one of the things we have, to, we have to, to really come to terms with because that's the reality and now we have to work on we have to work uh, around this, we have to fight this and we have to come together as independent journalists in the media to continue to ensure that people, that people are turning off the corporate media the, whatever they're doing now, streaming everywhere where they are, that people are turning that off And coming to people like us to get a a, a different perspective that just so happens to be a more truthful one about the the real uh, roots uh, of these issues that we're talking about. So uh, thanks so much, Lee, uh, Lee Jingjing, Richard, for being on with me today. Uh, Yeah, and take care.
3: Thank you. Take care, Danny. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure.
0: (laughs) Bye. Good night, everyone. All right, so that was uh, the um, esteemed panel that I had on. So for all of you who are not familiar with this program, this is the Internationalist Transmission. This is episode three, uh, the state-affiliated media panel. To support the show, support, you can go to patreon.com slash Haiphong and do so at, at whatever amount because that really helps keep this kind of media going um, as I do this work on a more full-time basis, and I look forward to collaborating with uh, Li Jingjing, with Lee Camp, with Richard Medhurst more in the future. Uh, they, they really worked around a lot of time zone issues. Uh, those of you in the East Coast know, uh, those of you who are in the Western Hemisphere in the East Coast know that daylight savings time ended, so we went an hour back. You know, Richard was airing from at midnight. Li Jing Jing is like the beginning of the day for her. So, um, you know, very early in the morning. Uh, So, you know, uh, I think that this went very successfully. Uh, Their insights are so critically important. So follow all of them. And again, like, share, you know, make sure you subscribe to this channel. Support the show at Patreon.com slash Danny Haifong. And I'll be with you all for about another five more minutes. You know, I, I think one of the things that uh, i really do get out of doing media work is this critically important uh, task that is at hand which is the ideological struggle the propaganda struggle so propaganda of course when we're using it uh, uh in regards to the establishment it is a very a negative thing. that's what we were talking about today. We're talking about the propaganda apparatus, the corporate media, the Western media, uh, basically attacking any independent journalist using these these McCarthyist attacks and smears as a way to control the narrative. While our we could call it propaganda because uh, uh, we are trying to send a message, but our message is not to deceive the people. It's not to deceive masses of people into supporting wars or to being okay with, or at least swallowing austerity, or neoliberalism, or exploitation. It's to move people in the direction of fighting those things, of waging a struggle for peace, and not war. Waging a struggle against climate change rather than climate catastrophe. Waging a struggle for socialist democracy rather than capitalist autocracy. That's what we are all trying to do in, in some form or another and regardless of disagreements one thing we can all hopefully agree upon is that this attack on independent media whether we're looking at julian assange's case whether we're looking at the state affiliated media label that we're getting whether we're looking at how uh, those of us on the left are being paired in with the so-called alternative uh, alternative sources on the right as some kind of red brown alliance so that we can be suppressed all the same and push us down in the algorithm i think this uh, fight i don't call it a fight for free speech i call it for the right to be able to do this work free from imperialist attack which requires us not just to label this hypocrisy name it and expose it but it requires us to understand the system that is committing these attacks this system of empire, of imperialism, of capitalism, of of white supremacy. This attack on state-affiliated media it is racist in character because it's going after countries that the United States dehumanizes in the to the minds of the masses of people in the U.S. and the West, so that things like sanctions, things like military escalations, uh, things like outright interventions or proxy wars are digestible to the general population. And we see this in relation to so many questions we saw during uh, uh, the Trump administration and into the Biden administration, this rise in xenophobia. Uh, We've seen uh, the whole Democratic Party apparatus, even at the grassroots, become enamored with this Russiagate conspiracy and literally vote along these lines. Uh, Forget the issues, right? Forget, uh, Forget about of, you know, censorship, forget about economic inequality, forget about peace. People in the Democratic Party have been convinced that Russia is the boogeyman and that Russia is everywhere. I mean, my my uh, interaction with Keith Oberman is is part and parcel of this. He's a Russia gay fanatic, and he's been he has a whole program on GQ where he basically talks about Russia, Russia, Russia all the time. He did that throughout the Trump administration, called for outright censorship told Jimmy Dore, uh, told Twitter that Jimmy Dore should be censored, uh, has done this to countless others, and uh, lo and behold, uh, he's likely the culprit of the fact that I'm locked out of my account for I think another five or six hours because I responded to him. He was getting ratioed like crazy for claiming that Wyatt Reed was a a whore for a dictator, uh, for dictators because he's covering Nicaragua and the elections there. And meanwhile, this guy used the same language, wasn't censored, and he has called for censorship before and has literally been spreading Russophobia on Twitter. He literally said on Twitter that he is ashamed of his Russian heritage. I mean, this is how, because, you know, because of Putin or something or other like that. I mean, this is how low it gets. And we're at this very low point in this society in the United States. Uh, it's, a, it's a crisis point. It's a crisis of legitimacy. In the American ruling class is attempting to do anything it can to maintain control of the narrative and also maintain control of this system because the political system is rupturing. They got Trump, Bernie Sanders. You have people moving in all sorts of directions politically. Look at the latest poll numbers for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. The center is not holding. People do not want neoliberalism, endless war. They don't want it... uh, you know, in the same old way that they've had it. They're looking for alternatives and the suppression of us, of people like myself, Li Jingjing, of people like Lee Camp, of people like Richard at Medhurst, it's all about ensuring that we do not offer any kind of ideological alternative, any kind of information alternative for those who are seeking it. So that's why it's so important to really counter this. And I make the point in an article that I wrote for Black Agenda Report about independent media being a political act in and of itself is that the attack on so-called state affiliate media, foreign media in Russia, China, Iran, elsewhere, Cuba, Nicaragua, elsewhere, it's really an attack on publicly funded media because that's what we're talking really about here. We're talking about countries like China, Russia, and Iran, which do not allow private big monopolies to control the media space. And that is one of the underlying factors driving this. That's not talked about enough, because I saw some people in the chat talk about, you know, the Telecommunications Act of 1996, this descent into further privatization and monopolization of the entire media space, to the point where we can't really operate in it. No one from the New York Times or CNN is coming to us looking for us to provide the information that we do in the so called paper of record. No, they're going to the CIA, they're going to their uh, intelligence pals, they're going to the military industrial complex in order to forward these narratives, they're going to their corporate paymasters, wherever they are, to get the establishment narrative so that they can continue to churn through this propaganda. So without further ado, though, I really appreciate all of you coming on. I'm going to end it here. Um, it is about dinnertime out here on the East Coast of the United States. I really want to salute to all of my panel guests today and all, to all of you viewers for coming out to this incredible panel, this great conversation that I hope will be ongoing in some respects. And uh, you can definitely continue to tune in to the Internationalist Transmission right here on this YouTube channel. So make sure that you go to the Left Lens YouTube, you subscribe, you share, you like this. And of course, I'll say it one more time. uh, Independent media needs support from readers from followers, from viewers, because as we have made very clear, the corporate media and the establishment is not going to do that for us. So uh, with that said, you can support my work at patreon.com slash Danny It's in the description um, where you can support uh, this work and uh, you can look forward to more uh, episodes of this program. My writing, uh, which I do on a basically a weekly basis and um, other projects that I have going on, other things I have going on in the struggle for peace, justice, socialism um, and. Uh, a new world. So thank you all so much for coming on again and peace out.